0: Oh, it's good to be here at Amravati. And if I don't recognize it's because I can't see your faces. Uh, people always, you have to sit up close, otherwise like you're just a figure in the background. Yes, I'm harmless. You can sit here also, on the, this is not a sacred space. <laughs> what? No. Oh yes, yes. I can't see that well. The people want me to recognize them. No, I can see you. So are there any questions you'd like to ask? (laughs) right so could you sit over here just because you can hear very well Morning, Longpo, I'm Dharmini. Uh When you do sunyata meditation, where is the vinyana? Because sunyata is sort of, there is absolute nothing. <laughs> where is the vinyana? Vinyana is always here and now. it doesn't go any place is it like changing the western view is always that consciousness is in the body so it's you know you, you, we, that's you know modern science, psychology and I think the whole world believes that, that consciousness is individual it's inside the body so then, consciousness is limited to form, isn't it? You know, if, if it's inside me and my consciousness is here and your consciousness is there, that's separation, that's sankhara, that's conditioned phenomena. But in uh, Dhamma practice, consciousness is, has no dimensions, it's boundless. It has no form, so it, you know, it's, it's here and now, like right now. You're experiencing consciousness. You may not consciously be conscious, but, but the, you know, if I asked each one of you whether you're conscious or not, you'd have to say yes. And then, then we, you know, we. We divide consciousness, we have consciousness as, as sensi- sensories uh, going out of, through the senses. So, like in the five khandhas, where you've got rupa, waiting, sanya, sankhya, vinnana. that's uh, when we when see something, then the object of sight, then eye consciousness arises. That's impermanent. But consciousness doesn't arise and cease. Unless we seek it, you know, send it out through the seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, all sankaras are impermanent. And so this is, you know, this is an important question, actually, what you ask, because, you know, the basic assumption, the basic, what we take for granted, is that we're you know, completely separate in every way. I'm here, you're there. What you think is different than what I think. What you remember is different. What I so the mood, the emotion, the the thoughts, the memories—they're all separate. They're all sankaras. Sankara is about differences. It's about conditioned phenomena. So, like this word sankara for those that. Aren't familiar with Pali is a uh, condition or phenomena. It's something that born and dies, it rises and ceases. But what is unitive? What isn't, what is, is, is vijnana, is consciousness a sankhara? And so, you know. I-consciousness, because that's dependent on perception, on the eye and the object. And, but when you go blind, when, when, there's, when you're in a dark room, when there's no objects to perceive through the senses, there's still consciousness. When you're dreaming, you're still consciousness. There's still, when you're asleep, consciousness. You don't die when you're, when you're asleep. Oh, in, you know, there's space and consciousness, there's earth, fire, water, air, the four elements that make up the sankharas. So, that's what we experience through, through the being born in a physical body and having senses. And we, we tend to, we, we identify with that, with sankara. So, like, uh, meditation, Bhavana is to break through that illusion of identifying yourself with the body, with the emotional habits, with the sensory senses that you have eyes, ears, nose, uh, body, tongue, and so forth. you see seeing these as sankharas. What is it that can be aware of sankara? This is like questioning ask yourself. Can one sankara know another sankara? You know, they're rising, ceasing, they're changing, they're, they're empty phenomena. You know, like the Buddha compares all sankaras to like foam on the sea, like soap bubbles. It doesn't, there's nothing, there's no core to it, no soul. Sankaras are just phenomena changing. But what doesn't change, what is non-personal, what is anatta, non-personal, is consciousness. So in the, like this, uh, in several of the suttas, they, they call it vinyanang anindasana anantang which means, you know, the consciousness, invisible, infinite, Splendid everywhere. So that's here and now. So when you're, you know, you're, you're conscious, you you've got it already. You don't find it. And one time I remember, you know, you, uh, consciousness is a very confusing term, and it's the, the subject of so much interest at in this time, in science and, and psychology to understand what consciousness is. Can you? Are dogs conscious? You know, are birds conscious? Or is is it just the human? You know, I've heard psychologists, psychiatrists say that sci- people that have a lot of scientific learning say that the animal world is not conscious. But the con- same consciousness we share is it's not a dog's consciousness, a human consciousness. But the forms are different, like the the animal forms aren't reflective like the human human birth. That's why you can have Buddha images, because it's a reflective ability we have. And this, the Buddha pointed out very clearly, precisely, with his Four Noble Truths, his first Dathana, after enlightenment. That you, you're you reflecting on the way it is. You're not analyzing. You're not thinking about, you know, trying to find out why and what, and what is the original cause, when was the Big Bang, or the, when did the human race start. And these are all uh, questions about Sankara's. But pointing directly to mindfulness. So mindfulness, consciousness, Dhamma, it's all here and now. It's not it's not separate. It's not something you don't have. But in meditation, good proper meditation learning to use it properly, see things in the right way, rather than from the conditioned way that you know you've That culturally conditioned, socially conditioned, your ego, you know, like the sense of a separate self, your sense of being this person, this personality. That's conditioned phenomena. That's thinking. So, how do you know, when the first uh, fetter, obstruction to insight is. Sakya ditti or translated in English as the ego or the self view, personality view. So that's that's the identity you have that you are your your limited sankara with the human body which was born, grows up, gets old, and will die. That's the that's what we believe in terms of identity with the body. So. If you if you just, if that's all there is your physical body and there's nothing more to it, you know then what's the point of you know what's the point of meditation? You're just going to grow up, get old, and die. <laughs> but, but the 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 Dhamma is the deathless reality. It's not it's not a sankara, and we chant you know Santitiko Dhamma. Santitiko, akaliko, ehipasiko,
1: but the tongue, we teed up over new, morning
0: chanting, evening chanting. And then we translate, Santitiko, parent here and now. What's a parent here and now? That's Dhamma, you know, and you're looking for something. Where is the Dhamma here and now? And, and you might, you know, is it, can you hear it? Can you see it? Smell it? Taste it? Touch it? But you know you're conscious. And whether you're feeling happy or sad or sick or disabled or healthy, no matter what's happening to you in your life, your success or failure, people love you or hate you, you're always consciousness always is here and now. Dumb is always here and now. Mindfulness is the way we we recognize that. So you, it's learning to to recognize consciousness, like in, in when consciousness knows itself, like in in vipassana meditation, you you. You know, you usually start with the three characteristics of existence, anicca, dukkha, nata, applying to the five khandhas. So then that usually, because the impermanence is probably the easiest one to, to contemplate, you know. So, you know, whether you're looking outward, you look at the weather, you look at the, your eyes, uh, consciousness that arises through seeing, Uh, You know, it's constantly changing, you can't sustain one thought for two moments. You know, you can only think one thought at a a time and, and, uh, you know, the sankharas are, you know, what we're impinging on, what we're feeling now all the time is the pleasure, pain, neutral feeling, happy, unhappy, Elated, depressed, but what is constant through all these changing conditions, moods, can, uh, through the senses is consciousness. Is, doesn't change, and it is—it's it, it, impersonal. When you, when so, shunyata is, is uh, you know, it's when consciousness knows itself. Em, you know, emptiness or non-attachment to Sankara. It's like in the Four Noble Truths, you know, the First Noble Truth Statement of there's dukkha, there's suffering. And it should be understood. And then to understand dukkha is not to figure out why, what's the origin of it suffering and why i suffer and who's to blame for my suffering and you know it's not that's thinking again and and you're identifying suffering as personal you know it's my suffering caused usually by external causes i don't like the weather there's a storm coming up i'm going to suffer <laughs> and so you know we see suffering as something imposed on us through the senses through the society through through the ego cuz you know when you're limited to an ego it's it's so unsatisfactory all everyone's ego is changing you know it depends you, whether you feel happy people say you're wonderful you feel happy And then they say, you're horrible, and you feel angry or depressed. Where is the ego in that? You know, the ego will will change according to praise and blame, success and failure, good fortune, misfortune. The ego is very unstable, changing condition. But what's constant through praise and blame, happiness and suffering and success and failure, is consciousness. And then what's unitive? Universal. Because consciousness has no... Where is it? And you are consciousness itself. This is it. It's not something you can see or smell or taste. Because it's like fish looking for water. You, you know, this is it, it's awareness. And then the second noble truth is investigating the the origin of suffering, which is ignorance, avicca, and the desires that arise out of ignorance, and the attachment to the desires, out of just being ignorant of vicha-bhajaya-sankhara, you know, it's like, it's this ignorance conditions, influences the sankharas, creates the sankharas, which arise in consciousness. And so then we we grasp these sankharas out of ignorance, and that's the cause of suffering. So so the advice is to let go of of sankharas, let go of desire. Not to get rid of it. And it's not about getting rid of desire, like some people think that that's what you have to do. You have to suppress or get rid of or deny it. It's impossible to get rid of desire. It's just let, letting go of it. See, sankhara, Desire is a is a sankara. And which, and that awareness of of desire, isn't a sankara, and that's mindfulness with wisdom, punya. So, you know, when you when you see like the thinking process, you can only think one thought at a time. You can't think two thoughts at the same moment. So, you know, thinking is sankara, and then there are gaps between the words. So you know, you've got I, and then there am, but we don't notice the gap. We think I am Naranj and Samhita and and we just get stuck on the on the identities, on the qualities of sankaras that. That thinking produces, but when you when you deliberately think, I. What's left? You know, there's emptiness, consciousness. Am then I deliberately think am. You know, I'm not interested in the thoughts themselves. I know I'm agnostic. <laughs> On a conventional level, and then uh, I, and then we, you know, when we're heedless, then we don't notice the emptiness or pure consciousness. We just we just go from one thought to another. I am Ajahn Sumedho, and and uh, and carry on a whole, you know, thinking and remembering and. Feeling happier, sad, or elated or depressed accordingly, but if you stop, I talk about sound of silence, when you stop thinking, you know I've developed this practice for years now, so it's it's very natural for me. But at first, you know, I'm conditioned to think. You know, I'm an educated person. <laughs> and, uh, and I used to be an uh, avid reader of books and listen to the news and collect information, been to university and gathering information all the time. And so you, you create this incredible obsessions around thought and then you know my generation we were into self-analysis into psychotherapy into figuring out you know analyzing why I I have these thoughts why I get angry why I have fear it was fault is it you know so the ego you know wants to know why why is the world like this Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we forgive each other, love each other, respect each other, and create a perfect society that's fair and just? Because we can create such an ideal. You know, like communism, socialism, democracy, they're all very idealistic positions. They're creations of the best that you can think. But this is the way. This is Dhamma here and now. It's like this. So this—it's like the Buddha's invitation to awaken to the way it is. The changing conditions, the the way you're feeling now, physically, physically feeling. Your breath is changing. You know, you're inhaling, <laughs> exhaling. Your, your your mood, your emotional. State changes accordingly to conditions, but what is aware of change doesn't change. And that can only be consciousness. And so, I mean, Buddhists tend to get confused because the five khandhas consciousness is anicca dukkha natra. But that's the sense, consciousness through the senses. So when when we chant about uh, opanaika, going inward, you're you're not seeking dhamma externally, you're not looking for it or listening for it. You don't have to go any place. You know, it's not in a place.
1: It has no shape,
0: no form. It's not beautiful or ugly. Is not exciting or depressing, and what is that at this moment that you're experiencing? Is awareness. And in uh, in my Kuti in Thailand, right in Ratnavan Monastery, I have a plaque, and one of the monks carved this plaque. It's Lumphutun, who it was a a and like Master, lived in Surin, in, in uh, Isan, northeast Thailand.
1: I never met him, but I
0: heard about him. And he, he did a very brilliant reflection on the Four Noble Truths. And I had that carved. It's in Thai script. On, it's in Maikuti in Thailand. So he says, the First Noble Truth is when we send the
1: consciousness outward
0: when we send consciousness outward through the senses is the first noble truth. And that's the cause of suffering. That's the, that's the So he puts the cause of suffering as the first noble truth. The second noble truth, the result of sending your consciousness out through the senses, is suffering. It's a very interesting way to reflect on the Four Noble Truths. And then the third Noble Truth is in, is the fourth noble truth. The, the third noble truth is is really interesting, it says jit and jit when consciousness knows itself. Because consciousness When you're when you're always identifying with objects in consciousness, you don't you 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 know consciousness doesn't ever lose itself or change, but you're 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 creating a world, creating an ego, creating love and hate, like and dislike all the time through sending your your always going out seeking, trying to get things through the senses. But when you don't do that, then the consciousness knows itself. It's it's silent. It's peaceful. It's Dhamma. It's here and now. It's impersonal. And so, third... Noble truth according to Lumpudun is tit and consciousness knowing itself. And that's when, like, when you let go of sankaras, when you actually let, it, you know, you reach a point where there's nothing to let go of anymore and there's you're still conscious. But then the thinking mind wants to figure it out, you know. So this is where you, you've got, you know, I encourage you to not trust your thinking mind because it will always create doubt, but to trust your awareness. And then the fourth noble truth according to Lung Pudun, is the result of jit and jit or consciousness knowing itself. Jit and jit is the path, in other words, and the result of of uh, consciousness knowing itself is uh, cessation of suffering. So, emphasizing what re- reflection is, when I use this word, I mean people try. You know, we have an English words like reflection, contemplation. Uh, do we think? Are we thinking about Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, or trying to figure out Santidiko, Akali, or parent here and now, timeless? And you know, we try to, to we we understand we we've got the words, the vocabulary through Pali and so forth, so that you know, thinking. Is not, you can't think your way to nibbana to enlightenment, yeah. but through mindfulness. So it's a, it's non-analytical, but yeah. it's reflective. It's like this. So right now, for example, I feel like my mood is like this. Then I try to explain. You say, "What what exactly is your mood right now?" Uh, well, it's peaceful and calm. But that's not the mood, is it? Those are empty words. But I'm experiencing the reality. It's like this. And who knows that it's like this? I think Ajahn Sumato. Ajahn Sumaito is a term, it's words, it's empty phenomena, but you know, in in Lumpur Chow, he's talking about Puto, it's awakened consciousness knows itself, knows the deathless reality of here and now. So it's, you know, this is, and then it's budgeted up over in it which is to be experienced individually. And, you know, you might be interested in what I'm saying, but, but still, you can't do it till you, like, you can't, you, no matter how I describe the taste of honey, you won't really un- know what it tastes like till you taste it. And it's interesting, the earth, fire, water, air elements, they all have form shape. They're about sizes, colors, qualities, you know. So that's the sensory world. It's about, you know, heaven and hell, good and bad. And and this is big, this is small. This is near, this is far. And so we have... Language to describe the experience of phenomena, of, of sankharas. And then uh, mm-hmm. that's where language, it reaches a point where it's useless. Where you're just reflecting, it's like this. Like right now, to you know, to know what you're feeling, you know. Right now your mood is like this. And that's reflecting on the mood, not judging it. I'm not saying, you know, whether you're saying, uh, you know, whether you're judging it or criticizing what you're feeling now, or just getting caught in confusion. Confusion's a mood. Doubt is a mood. You know, it rises and ceases. But you know, it's like this. So, you know, they have in Pali they have a word da ta which means, you know, translated as suchness or as isness or it's like this in Thai Benyang Niang and you know it's 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 not a description, is it? When I say when I say my mood is like this, I'm not giving any information about it but it's a way of, of of notifying myself to just observe it's, it is because that's an honest statement you know what i'm feeling right now is like this and then space and consciousness you know so there's six elements six six elements and then this, uh, you know, earth, fire, water, and air about form. Then there's space, and so space has no form. So, in space and consciousness, are two formless elements. So, earth, fire, water, and air, are kanata, and space. Has no form, but you can perceive it. You can observe it through seeing. But space get, allows form to appear, like this. This in this temple, and, you know, it's a big space. We say it's a big space, so you can all be here in this temple at the same moment. And we think the space is in the temple, but actually, the temple's in space. And you carry that through, Then the space, the, the planet's in space. And the sun and moon, stars are in space. Where does space end? You know, can you, is there any end to space? Just the horizon, you know, because that's the limitation of seeing. But it's a good reflection to, to uh, because space, when you, when you become aware of space, you don't, I don't have to tell you all to leave so I can contemplate the space in the temple, or tear down the temple so I can, <laughs> you know, the temple's fine, here, here's fine, space doesn't, isn't affected by, space isn't affected by batteries, Space isn't affected <laughs> by uh, the the quality of the conditions in it. You know, on a battlefield is space, and and so this is this is reflecting on space because it's it's a perception that we can we can visually uh, reflect on. It's like this. And when you reflect on it, you know, you just feel spaciousness, because space has no quality. It's not red or blue, male or female, good or bad. But it's here and now, and it has no dimension. And then consciousness is not a what percept- it's how we perceive through consciousness. And that's here and now. So I had, you know, I, I, years ago, I, I, tr- I wanted to find out the definition of consciousness because I still was wanting to, to define things. So I, you know, I have polydictionary, about what Bali Dictionary said. you know, I studied Freud and Jung when I was in university, what psychologists say consciousness is, what scientists, what Einstein says consciousness is.
1: And then suddenly it dawned on
0: me, what am I doing? I'm conscious. <laughs> you know, just because Freud says the defines it in a certain way or Whatever Poly Dictionary, that's not consciousness. It's the reality of now. And that this is a reflection on consciousness. Consciousness knowing itself. So consciousness is knowing, you know, it's not it's not knowing about. It's not you know, enlightenment isn't like gathering information about Buddhism. It's about being Dhamma here and now, being mindful, here and now. So Buddhist scholars, you know, they they gather information, so there's so much, you know, Buddhism, ancient religion, 2,561 years of history, uh, scriptures, Mahayana scriptures, Tibetan scriptures, uh, you know, it was a, the, the, the religion of India, and then it kind of died out, and there's there's different takes on, modern takes on Buddhism. <clears throat> there's so much to know about. And when, you know, I remember when I was doing the seminar in Nongkai, and I the, the, the thought of taking the Tripitaka with me, because I spent a year meditating. And I thought, no, the Tripitaka that just keep me, Busy trying to figure everything out, trying to go through through the, the enormous scripture. So I took Janati Lokas book, Word of the Buddha, the little pamphlet published in Sri Lanka, which just gives you the basic. You know, he actually he didn't bother to interpret it very much, but just basic teachings, four noble truths, Word of the Buddha. I just took this one pamphlet, which I used to give out when I gave ordination to monks and nuns. And then, because uh, I'd read so much about Buddhism before, and, and it, it, you know, it's good stuff. You, it, you, you know, it, it increases interest and faith. dhamma, the study of the scriptures, you know, it's it's a wholesome deep, interesting teaching, it increases in faith and interest in Buddhism, but it's a bhatipata, it's a bhavana, meditation that makes that, you know, we're actually learning to to drive the car rather than just study the manual on how to drive the car. or like having a fabulous cookbook with the best recipes in the world, and you read through the book, you're still hungry. <laughs> so, now that's what, this is what was so special about Ajahn Chah, at least my opinion, was that this was his way of teaching. He was always getting me to look at myself. He wasn't trying to convert me or charm me or, you know, he wasn't making himself the great master that I should have confidence he in. Was, he was, when I, because when I, you know, when I first met him, I projected onto him, that he's an enlightened monk, a meditation master, a vinaya master, and I'm the ignorant foreigner, unenlightened, and and he knows me better than I know myself. This is this is the ego, isn't it? This is the projection that we make, you know. So it's a beginning, you know, it's a start. You have confidence you have faith in somebody like Cha, which is good. But he wasn't projecting onto me anything. You're my student and you must obey me and, and I'm, your, I'm your great teacher. He'd always make me look what I was feeling and thinking. And that was, that was his very direct pointing. He was never pointing at himself. So he never tell me whether he was an arahant or not. <laughs> <laughs> or one time I asked him if I was a Sotapanna. And he said, how should I know? And that is, you know, it made me look, you know, you it's, it's knowing yourself, knowing through this reflection. So also another important thing in the English language, and in Thai they also talk about attaining, achieving, like stream entry, sakata, uh, once-returner, non-returner, arahant, perfect, enlightened. And so these become attainments, you know, so something you want to attain and get. You want, you know, I wanted to become a stream-enter. That's the ego. You know, so when... There's arahantship, ship but there's nobody that's an arahant. Then people say, you mean there are no Arhan's? Because we see it, that these that these are like people, like monks, or specially gifted meditators. But the, the ten fetters and the four stages are helpful guides towards reflection. So it's not about attaining or achieving, it's about relinquishing, letting go. And the second noble truth, it's about letting go, not attaining, getting something you don't have. Because that's like Bhavadana, desire to get you. You imagine enlightenment is something you don't have, and you want to get it, and that's, and then you think, well, I've got too many defilements, I get angry, I'm frightened, jealous, Got to get rid of this, and that's Wipawadana, a desire to get rid of. So in that second noble truth, uh, according to the Buddhist uh, first sermon, it, you know, it's not about attaining anything or getting rid of, it's understanding. Understanding dukkha, understanding suffering, letting go of the causes realizing the cessation of suffering. And then the Eightfold Path or the Samaditi, samatangapo right, un, perfect understanding, then that is like perfect. It's no longer just, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong, maybe I understand, I maybe not understand, it's knowing for sure, it's insight, knowledge. So samaditya that comes through that kind of reflection is, is insight knowledge, it's not intellectual knowledge which always will create doubt. And then when, when you think of Dhamma, here and now, mind goes empty. Where is it? What is it? So, like questions themselves uh, point to this emptiness. What? Where is the dhamma right now? And then you, you know, you you stop thinking. And can you see the dhamma in this temple? <laughs> you know, you 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 stop thinking. When you ask yourself a question, and there's still conscious awareness, consciousness knowing itself, if you notice, if you pay attention, be mindful, mindful awareness of non-thinking is like this. Akalika Dhamma, timelessness. It's timeless. Can you imagine timelessness? Because imagining is about time. It takes time to imagine anything. And so, you know, it's a word or it's an image you create. You try to figure out timelessness. And you're, you can't figure it out, but you, it's here and now. So this, this is what mindfulness is, the is the door to the death, this is the way, you know, the escape hatch from the sangsara what the birth and death cycle. And then you notice, you ask yourself impossible questions. What is Nibbana? Then the word Nibbana is another one of these en- enigmatic words that we have. And, and then it's it's the highest happiness, it's higher than heaven, the top Deva realm, the Brahma realms. The man is, nibbana is better than that. You know, so we say, don't don't bother with those devas or brahmas. Aim for nibbana. It's the highest. What does that do? It's something high. Is you know that creates a sense of it's far away. Think of nibbana higher than heaven. It's it's so it's so refined, so precious, so far, so beyond me, because I'm only here, mortal, physical body. But Nibbana is one of those words that lead to emptiness. Don't know. And so Lung Phan is saying ordinariness. Nibbana is ordinary. It's not about I. It's about awareness. You see, what I'm saying is, you you know, when you're talking about Nibbana, you want to define it make it and you know it's supposed to be the ultimate attainment so it's you know it's precious it's it's what we want it creates this desire to to get it because we don't have it and we feel sometimes you know in meditation i'm so far from nirvana i'll never get there and so and so the thinking mind when you're identifying with feelings of the moment you know the emotions you're feeling bored or angry or fed up and, and you think you know i'm, I'm never going to reach nirvana that's thinking create yourself as somebody who's who's bored or fed up and identify, and believing it rather than being aware that that's a sankara you create that arises ceases. so it's you know it's then the Buddha described the path as machema bhati or the middle way it's not the the high road you know it's not beyond us it's it's with us here and now, with the way it is, the way you are with whatever character you have it's not like we create special characters, you know I always. You know, when I was playing these games with Lung Po Cha, you know, he, he probably never suffered like I did, like I do. He was, you know, he was born walking on lotus pads. They probably, you know, just free from sexual desire, free from anger, but not like me. You know, I've got all these these desires and fears, Ego problems, then you believe that, then you you're stuck there. That's why they don't believe it. It is it is what it is. You know I'm a miserable so and so. It is that's a statement. So you but that awareness of of that statement is not that. This is why you can trust your awareness. But you can't trust what you're thinking or believing or feeling because it's, it's untrustworthy Its nature is to change, and it's not so.